Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of A, a BJJ, BJJ Marriage. Marriage, where we talk about our lives as a married jujitsu couple. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my voice cracked. You lost your voice there. I lost my voice. I was uh, yelling a why. lot yesterday. <laughs> we had kind, kind of, of a crazy weekend. I know, I started talking this morning. My Our dog woke us up at like 7 a.m. on a Sunday because she had to go potty. And I was just like... Was it 7? Yeah. And I tried to say hi to Scarlett and nothing came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Hello. <laughs> Welcome to episode 82. 82. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, so we've had a lot going on this week. We have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, how was your week? <laughs> also, Nick said we look like a cult today because we're wearing the exact same gi. Yes. So that's fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's nice to just wear something nice and white. These are the only things I wear that are white that stay white because I don't eat when I wear geese. So Surprisingly. <laughs> so normally when I wear white clothes, somehow I still get them stained because I'm a child. I think that happens to everyone, though. Like, I have my favorite white t-shirt, and there's constant stains on it that I'm always trying to use hydrogen peroxide to get out or putting in the wash just a little bit heavier with some soap on it and, like, Mm. I, I refuse to get rid of it because it's my Maddox shirt, so it has a picture of a pit bull silhouette, mm. and I mm. love that shirt, but I feel like every time I wear it, I spill on it. Mm. Every time. Okay. So, it's not just you. <laughs> I thought it was just me. <laughs> uh, but, no, this week was special because if you listen to last week's podcast, we talked about how somebody might maybe compete all, like, randomly, <laughs> and you probably thought that I would sign up and do something like that, which... I probably would have. But instead, we supported Brittany and she competed this weekend. Woohoo! <clears throat> wow. And I coached a lot this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had been saying, okay, so let's start back. When I first started Woo-hoo. jujitsu, wow. it had been almost four years ago. And I said right in the beginning of that, I was like, I'm going to promise myself I'll do two competitions at every belt. So I did that at white belt. I competed as a one stripe, I competed as a three stripe. And then as a blue belt, I hadn't competed yet. So I was like, all right, I kind of got to get a move on here. Like I'm a yeah, three-stripe. COVID, COVID kind of killed that a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So like I'm a three-stripe blue belt, which means that I don't have like all the time in the world to do two more competitions, especially with the way that I put them off. So I was like, all right, there's one coming here in Milwaukee. It's yeah. called Fuji. And there's another reason you don't compete is because you typically don't want to compete against people you know in the area. Yes. And it's really difficult for you to find more competitors. So you got those two things working against you. Yeah. So the cool part about Milwaukee Jiu-Jitsu is that all of us females are pretty well connected. We all have a very good relationship and bond with one another. So much so that even every single month we organize on the second Sunday of every month to do Today. a... Today. You're probably listening this, to this later. But uh, yeah, second Sunday of every month we do a women's only open mat at a different gym in southeast wisconsin so we are just working really really hard as a community to stay together and actually like train with one another rather than being stuck with your typical gym guys that are always trying to like kill you or maybe just not rolling with you maybe not rolling with you the way that you want to roll so 
Uh, yeah, so the women population and the community that we have here in Milwaukee is just fantastic. But the thing that works against us is that we're probably going to compete against one another because we are so close and tight knit that I've said that if I wanted to compete, I would have to travel. I'd have to go out of state and do other tournaments so that I'm going against females that I'm not friends with. Yeah. The competition pool for women in general is just so much smaller than the competition pool for men. Mm-hmm. You know, in general, you have everybody that trains jujitsu is at a gym and maybe 10% of those people compete just in general. Mm-hmm. And maybe half a percent or maybe not half, like 5% of those people that compete are possibly women. Yes. So it's very difficult to find matches. And people always tell me too, they're just like, you know, they're not your friends today. And I'm like, but they are. And I don't like, so we always talk about how it's very difficult to, I guess, like mock what a real competition role will be like in a gym, whether it's your gym or a different gym. It's very difficult to do that. So I almost feel the same way when you go against your friends on the competition mat, which is something I experienced yesterday, actually. I'll get into that. But, like, it's very hard to imitate a good competition role. And so when you're going against your friend, it's like you almost have that same mindset, at least I do, where I'm just like, I still don't want to try to murder you. Like, I just, that's very hard for me to switch my brain Mm. and have to go like I'm trying to win with all my might. Yeah, that's something I call the competition switch. And that's a big part of my mental jujitsu competition course, helping people turn on that switch when they need to, and then turn it off at the end of the match. So just like you're saying is when you get onto a mat for competition, you, unless your goals are different, if your goals are to get there, compete and win, you got to be able to turn on that competition switch and treat it like that's the only thing in the world that matters is you winning that match. And obviously, with keeping yourself safe and tapping when you need to, Mm -hmm. not actually dying, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but going out there with that mentality where it's, I have to win this match. Right. Uh, You know, the other reason people compete, some people, especially at very high levels, go out to compete to test new systems that they're working on under high pressure. And they don't use, you know, what they used in their last tournament or the tournament before that. Because they already proved that that works, and now they're trying to develop their jujitsu more. Mm-hmm. So those are those are a couple different ways people do jujitsu. But especially, I mean, we're competing at local tournaments, so there's nothing on the line like, ultimately, right? Besides our ego. Yep. And our ego drives us. Yes. But as you get into professional jujitsu, then you start playing for money. Your travel cost is higher, and there's just a lot more that goes into competing. So it it that all of that pressure. Puts you in this very unique pressure cooker that is a mental gauntlet that is hard to get through. For sure. Yeah. And so, like you said, we're just doing local tournaments. So it's not like there's a whole lot on the line besides a $2 medal. <laughs> no, it's a $100 medal. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, you paid 100 some dollars. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. It is like Some people didn't even get a medal, so. I know. <laughs> but, so yeah, that was... All those kind of things are working against me competing, especially like first it was COVID. Then it was finding blue belt competitors in my weight class, because that's also pretty difficult. Like finding, I'm in the 130 to 145 bracket and... Or 150, depending on the tournament. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. 
I had been trying so hard for the two weeks before this tournament to, like, get under 145. Because I walk around at, like, 143 to 146. Like, that's just where I'm comfortable. And I was trying super, super, super hard to get to 144 and, like, stay at 144. And it seemed like the scale never wanted to leave 145, 146 for two weeks straight, no matter what I did. I was, like, starving myself, shortening my portions, exercising more, training harder. And it didn't seem like anything I was doing was helping. And then I looked at the bracket literally two days before the tournament, and I saw that it was up to 150. And I was like, mother. (laughs) Way to go. Way to go. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Good job. But I just trusted her word and was just supporting her. Well, Didn't look at anything. Grappling Industries is 145. And I've never right. done a Fuji tournament. I've only done Grappling Industries. So it's just like ingrained in my brain to be 145. Mm. Yeah. But like the annoying part is that normally I'm 142. And I feel like the stress of the competition just did not help at all. And I was like, of course, I've been 142 for like literally the last year. And then two weeks leading up to the tournament, I'm 145. So. Yeah, if you would have decided a little bit earlier to compete, we probably would have done a competition prep course. And part of that is looking at all the rules and divisions. Mm, yeah, <laughs> probably. But you mean it's not a good idea to sign up five days ahead of time? <laughs> eh, I think it's a great idea. I knew I was going to sign up. I just had to like bite the bullet and actually do it. You just had to decide like emotionally. Yeah. Like yeah. logically, you're like, I, sh- I need to do this. But yeah. emotionally, you're like, fuck that. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't like competing. I've said that my entire jujitsu career. I don't like competing. I don't enjoy that feeling. I don't like going 110% on someone. Like, that's not fun for me. So, but I think it's fun. I think it's good to do it and get yourself out of your comfort zone and experience feelings and emotions and power and technique that you're just maybe not used to. And I think that that's just good for growth. And so that's why I told myself at White Belt, I'm going to do two at every tournament. So, wow, yeah. every tournament. I'm sorry. <laughs> every belt. Um, so, yeah, I had COVID working against me, and then I had the weight classes with Blue Belt going against me. And so this tournament that came to Milwaukee, which you was really cool. You should just do Absolute. No. <laughs> but it was really cool because normally tournaments are in Chicago or Wisconsin Dells. So it was really fun to, like, have it only be 10 minutes from my house. Yep. And it worked out because I saw on the brackets, I was really watching the brackets, and I saw that there was a girl who was from Minnesota, so that's like a six-hour drive, and then we had someone from Green Bay, which is like a three-hour drive, and Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I don't know these girls, and they're blue belts, and they're in my division, and they're 27, so like... The exact age you are. Yeah. Do you know that? Sometimes. Nick doesn't know how old I am, or how tall I am. I don't think that really matters. <laughs> he went around telling everyone for like two years that I was 5'6 and I'm 5'3. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so basically everything was like being handed to me on a silver platter. They were like, hey, here's these females that you don't train with, that you don't know, that you're not friends with, that are your weight, your size, competing in a tournament 10 minutes from your house. Right. Brittany, why would you not sign up? Like, so I told myself forever. For like three weeks that I was going to do it. Three or four weeks straight. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And that's when I started my diet. That's when I started training harder. And yeah, finally it happened. So you competed. Woo. How'd it go? I think it went all right. I think I did what I... No, I didn't do what I trained. I didn't do what I planned on. <laughs> kind of, kind of. So, well, we didn't do a competition prep course. We didn't do a competition prep course. Um, I, didn't, I didn't. You didn't even fill out my game plan. 
I know. I'm sorry. I was busy. <laughs> it's a busy week. It's okay. But yeah, I really, uh, I had a lot of plans in my head of what I wanted to try to do. And I knew going in that like normally a competition match does not go the way that you envision it to. Like, obviously you want to have a plan, but like it typically doesn't go that way. So like I totally full on expected to not carry out exactly what I wanted to do, but I don't think I really expected to not do anything that I wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So that was kind of a surprise to me. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, my first match, first of all, was at three o'clock. So I just kind of sat around waiting all day. Well, the thing is, yeah, I also coached, helped coach a bunch of the kids competing. We had four kids Mm -hmm. or five, five, five kids competing. Omar, Alex, Marco, Kai. Kai. Five kids. Yep. Five kids. Mixed bag. Um, one of them got double gold for his first tournament, which was awesome. Um, a, a lot of other mixed medals in there. Some wins, some losses, lots of lessons. And um, there was um, some things that we need to work on as a team, which I think will make the whole school better, which is fantastic. But it's always awesome to watch the kids go out there, battle their emotions, learn technique, learn that they can't just do the same thing over and over in every tournament or every role that they can do against kids at the gym because competition is different like that. Yeah, for sure. Which is what you learned too. Sure did. <laughs> so yeah, we got there a little bit around 10 and she was supposed to, you were supposed to go around two, right? Mm, no, it was always around three. It was always around three. And then yeah. it was at nine. And then it was at like 11.47 p.m. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to pull out if that's what that is because I'm not waiting that long. We had other plans. And then it refreshed back to three. Yeah. But Nancy was looking at her phone and it was like 8.47 p.m. And then 11.53. And I was like, uh, no. I remember you told me that. You were so mad. And I was like, refresh it one more time. And then it went back to normal time. And then you were like, oh. Okay, I guess I'll still do it then. Yeah, and part of me was actually kind of mad. I'm like, dang, I wanted to pull out. I remember. (laughs) I saw it. Because you were nervous. Yeah. You had the nervous poopies. Yeah, I was not doing well. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. White belt was way worse. Uh, And I did say that. I said, I remember the nerves that I had when I was a white belt competing versus this time. And, like, I was terrible like I was nervous I was laying on the ground like just trying to meditate and relax and everything but I remember when I was a three-stripe white belt in my competition which was my second tournament by the way not even my first I was so nervous I was so bad like I literally just sat in a corner shaking and not eating or drinking so like someone was shoving Pedialyte down my throat and I went to the bathroom like 18 times in like three hours it was awful i think i competed that day too right yeah yeah that's one reason i didn't want to compete because i really wanted to be there if you needed anything to help you through that because i know it was really tough for you just in general to get out there yeah and i appreciate that but like compared to how i felt when i competed two years ago versus yesterday like it really was a massive change and i think as i keep doing it my two at every belt Mm -hmm. i think it will get easier i still think it's gonna suck and I still think I'm going to get nervous every single, yeah, single time. Sure. But I, the nerves definitely were an improvement from two years ago to, to, to yesterday. Yeah. And I think that also speaks volumes in your confidence in your jiu-jitsu as a three-stripe white belt and as a three-stripe blue belt. 
Because as a three-stripe white belt, you're still at the gym getting, like, fucking crushed by everybody. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I don't know jujitsu. Why the fuck would I compete? Mm -hmm. And then everybody's like, but Brittany, they are also a three-stripe white belt. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah. I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Then that seems like not so bad. I'm comparing myself to the brown belts and the black belts. Exactly. (laughs) It's actually some of the best advice that I've ever gotten. And it was from, shout out to Dave Johns. He told me once, I think I had just gotten my blue belt. And I had recorded a couple rolls or something and I was watching them and I was just telling him like how my confidence was a little shattered and I was just like, I just don't understand why, like, it looks so bad. Why do I look like I just don't know anything when I feel like I know at least a little bit? And he Come on, I'm a blue belt. (laughs) Well, he told me and he was just like, you're very good for where you're at and you need to remember that where you're at is where you're supposed to be for the most part for most people. And typically, when you're looking at videos online, it is of black belts. You are watching black belt techniques. You are watching black belts roll against each other. You are watching black belts teach different things in their specialty moves. So, of course, it's not going to look that way because I haven't been on the mats for 10, 12, 15, 30 years. Like, Mm -hmm. I've only been on the mats for four. So, where I'm at right now in my jujitsu is... Pretty decent. I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, especially based on my results from yesterday. And I need to stop comparing myself to what I see online because probably what I'm watching online is expert level jujitsu. And that's a good analogy for anything you watch online. Mm-hmm. Anything that people put out, line, uh, out online mm-hmm. that goes viral, is famous, are people at the highest level of their crafts. And if you're just starting out in any industry in any um what is that word any um hobby yes okay (laughs) (laughs) that word okay that was a guess (laughs) yeah um once when you're starting out in any area like that you are a beginner and you can't compare yourself to the best in the world that you're trying to follow Mm -hmm. for sure so I really appreciated that advice because I think about that all the time, actually. I had to think about it today while watching my matches, actually, mm. and tell myself that that's a blue belt on the map that's not a black belt. Calm down. It's okay that you didn't get the way that you wanted it to be because you weren't thinking that far ahead. I didn't have seven steps ahead of me. I only had two or three. So Well, just get better then. Right. I mean, that's the goal. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Uh-huh. So anyway, we've been talking for like 20 minutes now. You guys are probably anxious to hear how it actually went. So my first match was against one of my very good friends. And that was like where we started talking about in the beginning that it was so hard for me to flip that switch because Mm -hmm. Jessica Rodriguez from Rufus Sport, shout out to her. She has been one of my favorite training partners for about two years now. So we go to open mats together. We've trained at each other's gyms. We always tell each other how we're like each other's favorite training partner, even Mm -hmm. though we don't actually train together. Because... Get this, they're in the same weight division at the same rank. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> but like our roles are just so fun and flowy and we just have such a good time and And you can't do us... that in competition. Yep. Yep. But we're always just like telling each other how good the technique is and how fun it is. And it was so when I saw that she was in the bracket, I instantly thought I was like, Oh, I don't wanna go against my friend. Like yeah. and when you signed up, she wasn't in the bracket. She was. Oh, okay, never mind. But when I was watching the bracket she, she wasn't. Was but I signed up very last minute. Like, I signed up with, like, four hours left on the clock to sign up. Because I just kept putting it off. But she uh, did, too. I think she only signed up a day before the cutoff. So, 
Uh, so yeah, Jessica and I have very fun roles, and now I was having to go against her. And because it's an elimination competition, people were telling me that like maybe you won't have to go against her. And I was like, you know, I really kind of hope I don't just because of the friend aspect, but at the same time, like I still want her to succeed. Like she's one of yeah. my great friends, so of course I would like to go against her because then that means that she's also doing well in the tournament. And of course, what happens? We're each other's first match. <laughs> so we're like, well, one of us is about to get knocked out. Get the party started. Yeah. So we actually, we hung out for the first hour before our match. Together. I saw you guys sitting next we, to each other. We I was literally like, just hung out. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Brittany was off in the corner, you know, chilling by her stuff. And I was running around with the kids back and forth to mats, getting things back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, they're just sitting next to each other. And I was just like. That All was right. not on purpose. It was <laughs> not like I was seeking her out to go hang out with competition. It was, we had our stuff there. Yeah. And then all of Rufus Sport decided to put their stuff right next to our stuff. And so yep. it just happened to be that we were chilling next to each other out of the entire gymnasium. Yeah. We were right next to each other. Funny how that works. Yeah. But her and I just kept like talking each other up and we were just like, it's competition, but it's just an open mat. That's all she kept telling me. She's like, it's just an open mat. And I was like, yep, just an open mat. With the podium. <laughs> And in my head, I was just like, oh, I'm going to have to turn it up. And I really don't want to turn it up on her because I'm not trying to, like, hurt her. But at the same time, it's competition. And how do I flip this switch in my brain to mm. want to try to attack my friend? How interesting. So her and I were going up. And we slap bump. And it was all cordial. And we had all smiles on our faces for, like, the whole time that we were getting ready and all that stuff. And then um, I could tell immediately as soon as the ref said go that we both like were about to rush each other. And then we realized like, this is my friend <laughs> and we stopped. Like we both, I could feel that tension just kind of release as soon as we gripped each other's keys. Like it just kind of all like, it was like, okay, this isn't so bad. Like, like it washed like through a wave. Yes. Like it didn't feel like we were actually trying to, destroy each other it felt like we were just at an open mat and that's kind of like i think the goal that her and i were both trying to do was just like whose jujitsu is better like let's not do this at 120 percent. let's just have fun and see whose jujitsu is better and i really appreciated that from her because neither of us tried to go until i went for a double <laughs> <laughs> yeah then you shoot in yeah and then everybody remembered oh we're competing yeah because that <laughs> whole like wave that happened like this is my friend i love her to death type of thing that lasted for about five seconds but it felt like a while it I think, really did i think it set the tone of the match is yeah. what you're trying to say yeah but then i went for a double because i was like we're not gonna play this whole let's get tired stand up game right. so i shot and she sprawled and when she sprawled you know when you go for a shot then you're kind of like at a standstill it's either you get back up or you sit out so i decided to sit out and we pulled it into a guard game and she was in my guard for like a minute or so until I was able to pull off an arm bar from guard. Yeah. Hey. So, <clears throat> <laughs> so won that one by an arm bar. I think that was like a two minute round or something. Mm -hmm. And I was doing okay after that. I mean, I still had a lot of nerves and I was still... Like, I had adrenaline going, but it was still more of a an emotion of, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Like, this is not fun for me. But I'm here, and I'm in the thick of it now. Mm -hmm. Like, I just went, and I still have a whole bracket to do. So, just push through it type of emotion. Yep. How do you... What are your uh, 
takes on that first match then? Um, it was good. You did a really good job at keeping your composure and not being like wild, which is something people have a difficult time doing Mm -hmm. competing. You'll see a lot of people that just get out there and they're like, you know, wild. (laughs) And I'm really happy that you shot right away because that's the hardest part of starting a match is either deciding, okay, if you're going to pull guard, pull guard, but if you're going to do a takedown, you got to commit and go for it. Yeah. So you did, which is awesome. And then you pulled guard because your takedown didn't work, which is fine. (laughs) Well, like I said, it was either a stand back up, which I didn't want to do, or it was a sit out. (laughs) That's a guard pull. It's a guard pull, but I shot. (laughs) Yeah, you did. That's fine. I didn't pull guard right away. That was actually, so that's one hey, of my things. Hey, I didn't say it was a bad thing. You just felt like it was a bad thing. Well, we kind of like, we don't like guard pulls at our gym. Or the anti-guard puller, guard puller club? Yeah. <laughs> so, I I am not against guard pulling, but I do think that it's necessary in certain situations. And if you're there to grapple, just grapple. Who cares? Yeah, I've guard pulled before. Yeah. And... When I had the flu? What I am against, <laughs> the only thing that I really, really, really don't like, and... I'm sorry if this offends you, but I really hate it when people just sit in closed guard. Not saying you can't use closed guard, because I used a little bit of closed guard yesterday to set some stuff up. But, like, people who just sit there and hold it for, like, a minute or longer, I don't know what you're doing. And it's just not fun for either of you. I don't think either of you are learning. It's only fine in, like, the last 30 seconds of a match when you're up by points. Sure. And you find them in closed guard. Sure. And, like, I'm sorry if you like to hold closed guard. I, I disagree with you. But that was the biggest thing. doesn't sound like you're sorry, actually. I'm really not sorry. <laughs> don't lie to and people. And then I know people would be like, well, then maybe you should get better at passing the guard. I'm like, maybe you should get better at jiu-jitsu and not just hold someone there. Because you get no points for holding someone in guard. But I do have to get better at passing close guard, too. I'm not trying to <laughs> say that. Look at her fighting herself. <laughs> but, yeah, for guard pulling, what I see most in competition from females, which I'm very thankful did not happen to me yesterday, is... A female will pull guard and then just hold close guard for yep. the rest of the match. Yep. So that did not happen. And even when I did pull guard, I straight up said, I'm not going to hold close guard. I'm going to keep moving. I'm just pulling guard to get to the ground type of thing. Yeah. To get the grappling going. <clears throat> yeah. So my options were sit out, pull guard, or stand back up. And I was like, this is my first match. I'm not wasting all my energy standing up. So here we are. Sure. So, yeah. That was match one. <laughs> um, and then they made me sit around for literally 45 minutes. <laughs> it was very funny because for the whole 40 minutes, we were like, okay, it'll be in 10 more minutes. Yeah, 10 more minutes. I think we said 10 more minutes at least 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just seemed like it just kept getting pushed off. And, and then off. it was like, oh, six more hours. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, 10 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I felt okay. I didn't even feel like I really was like breaking a sweat. I didn't really have cotton mouth. Like I was feeling okay for my second match, but I was extremely nervous because this was now against a girl who I didn't know from Minnesota. I had no idea what her game plan was. All I knew is she was five, seven. And she had a bye, right? She had a bye. Yep. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, was coming in fresh. Basically she had already watched me compete now and, uh, I had no idea what her style was like. So I was a little nervous and also like that height difference can be a little, off-putting yeah she was like seven feet tall (laughs) because you're five seven and yeah i'm not (laughs) but yeah she was very sweet like we didn't talk at all before the match but we talked after and she was i really like her a lot so anyway uh second match was against this girl her name was brandy 
and we slap bump. And Is she old-fashioned? I don't know. You could ask her. <laughs> you don't get the joke? I do get it. I did think it was funny. I thought it was funny. <laughs> so Brandy and I, I like blurred out throughout this, throughout this entire match. Like this, Blacked out? Yeah. This whole match is just like, I was talking to him. I'm like, how did I, how, what even happened? How did I get taken down? He's like, I thought you hurt your knee. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I'm feeling that today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it seemed like while I was doing the match, I was so gassed. Like, I don't know what happened to me. I think I went in 110%, but I didn't at the same time because I didn't want to go super hard on my feet because going into this tournament, that was my ultimate goal. Whether I won or lost, I didn't care. My ultimate goal was to not get gassed on my feet. Yeah. What I think happened is you were on your feet and instead of like setting things up, moving, going for things, you tensed up your whole body Mm. in like anticipation and in defense and we were waiting for the perfect moment but you were not loose so everything was clenched the whole time you were standing yeah so okay yeah that can give you a good base make it hard to move you around but at the same time you're expending so much energy just sitting there waiting for something to happen even though you're just standing Mm -hmm. you're just uh, trying to hold everything tight sure so that's why um you know when you see me compete i'm i'm pushing pulling circling trying to set something up and shooting or moving in and out. Mm-hmm. And that is less tiring than if I were to stand there and try to be ready for everything that mm-hmm. might happen and try to stay calm. Yeah, for sure. That's what it, that's what it seemed like for me. Okay. Why that was such a big dump of energy in the beginning of the match. Yeah. And I think that's what happened because then I just, I mean, I felt decent. Like it was hard in competition, but I felt decent for the first three minutes. But then the last three minutes, I just wanted to give up. Like, it was terrible, but it didn't. But <laughs> so what happened was I think I went for a single leg on her. I ended up mm-hmm. picking up her leg. I, like, threw her out of bounds. But she was seven roll. feet tall, so it was <laughs> hard to get under her or yeah. hard to tip her over. Yeah. But I ended up taking the single leg out of bounds, and we flipped, and we rolled, and then she ended up in a front headlock position, but we were out of bounds. So the ref restarted us standing again. Yep. Isn't that fun? <laughs> So we restarted, and then she ended up getting the takedown by doing a nice trip. She had, I think she had an overhook on my arm or something, and then stepped behind my leg and pushed me down. Yeah, it was almost like a hip toss type trip, Yeah, like a T position. But that's what tweaked your knee, and your dad and I were very worried in that moment, wondering if, because we saw your knee bend the wrong way, and we were like, oh. Mm. And then you used your guard, and you were moving, and we were like, <laughs> All right, I think she's going to be okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now she's like, I'm not that okay. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you going to roll today? Nope. Why not? <laughs> I don't roll on Sundays. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. yeah, so she took me down, so she got those two points. And then I ended up in guard for, I don't know, probably about two minutes or so. And she had a mm-hmm. tough time passing. I almost got an arm bar, but I didn't because she did a really good job defending it. Mm-hmm. And when she defended that arm bar... That's when all my energy just kind of sunk because I was basically just like, this is my move. If I don't get it, I have to move on to something else. And I'm just too tired to type of thing. So you should have more than one move. I should. I'm just giving you shit. Um, so yeah, she ended up passing over my head uh, by going. So it was an armbar from guard. She turned her hips all the way around, went over my head. And then mm-hmm. we were kind of in like a. Like a weird 50, no, not a, a head and arm 
like a north south, but yeah. um, instead of being chest to chest, it was like I don't know belly toad. to belly. <laughs> yeah, belly to belly, more like knees to head. Yeah. on each side. Uh-huh. So from there, she ended up taking my back, and I fought really hard to just keep the hooks off of me, and that was my biggest downfall. I don't know. I wouldn't say that. Well, that's where she got points. <laughs> yeah. She she got the points for taking my back. So now it was six to zero. And I had in my head at the time that she had my back, I was like, crap, okay, she got her points for this for these hooks. I got to get these hooks off of me and I got to turn and I got to get in her guard. So I ended up somehow ending up in turtle and I was just defending off of turtle and I just tried to keep her from getting on my back again. She did get my back, but she didn't get her hooks in. So I was mm-hmm. able to turn and back into her guard, which then ended up putting me back into a guard. And then I was like setting up an arm bar, but I only had 15 seconds left and I didn't get it. So she ended up winning six to zero. Mm-hmm. But we were dead tired after yeah. that. It was really funny because the ref stopped the match and then they both laid on the ground there for like 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. That took everything out of both of us. Like it was such a battle. And uh-huh. like I had so many people come up to me and like someone was like, That was a really gritty fight, like good job. Someone else yeah. me, like you defended so well the whole time. Like good yeah, job. great match. And like to me, being in it and not really knowing what's happening, I couldn't hear anyone. I couldn't hear my coaches. I couldn't see the timer or the clock, which I don't look at. I tried just very hard to trust not look your coaches, at. yeah. Yeah. And you just you don't know how much time is left. I heard my dad say 40 seconds left, and that's kind of in my brain. And I was like, I can do it for 40 more seconds. I can do this for 40 more seconds. But it was a battle, and it was one of the toughest. It was the toughest match I've ever had in my life, I would say. Good. So, yeah. It was yeah. it was fun. I learned a lot, and being in the match, I really felt like I wasn't doing what I wanted to do because I was so gassed. Like when I had her leg, I wanted to dump her. I wanted to sweep. I wanted to go for the armbar. I wanted to like turn into her guard and like pass her guard and do all this stuff. And like, I was just so done and tired, but I wasn't giving up. That's great. <clears throat> it's good to push through that. Right. Cause yeah. you had the option of giving up. Mm-hmm. You can always in any competition match, like even if you're not in a submission, you can just like tap and give up. Yep. Nobody would be proud of you if you did that. <laughs> and you wouldn't be proud of yourself either. But you had that mental crucible where you have that option. And you said, no, fuck that. I'm getting in here. I'm going to do it. Basically. And survive. Well, with like the two-minute mark when she was attacking my turtle, she got this chin strap. Mm-hmm. And part of me thought about saying, like, okay, just take my neck. Let's be done with this. <laughs> like, literally a slight second of me was like, I don't want to do this for two more minutes. And then the other part of me was like, No. I'm going to do this. I don't even care. She's not going to submit me. I'm not going to let her submit me. I don't care if I lose my points, but I'm not going to let this girl submit me. Mm-hmm. So. You remember when I was in that triangle for five minutes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not at Pans, at Grappling Industries. <laughs> in Pans, I was fighting. Yeah. In Grappling Industries, I thought about it. I thought about it. Yeah. And then I was like, no. <laughs> Nobody can tap me up in competition. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sure somebody will again, but hasn't happened recently. Right. Uh, how did you feel watching back that tough match today? Um, so watching it, I didn't feel like it looked as bad as it felt like it did. 
So, like, like I said, I had that mental hurdle of being like, oh, I am doing terrible. Like, I'm not up on points. I'm not doing what I want to do with my body. Like, I'm not moving the way that I need to. Like, everything in my brain was just, like, negative and telling me this is not going the way you want it to. And I thought that that was, like, really setting me back. But then after watching my match today, I, I really didn't see me stop. Like, mm-hmm. I was defending hard. The right. whole time. Like in your mind, those moments feel like forever in mm-hmm. the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But like it was only in reality a few seconds, not even where you were like, eh. And then you're like, no. Yeah. And in the match. And you it, kept moving. You kept doing jujitsu. Yep. In the match, it felt like I gave up. Like it felt like I was done. But watching the video back, it doesn't look like that. It looks like I was fighting with a lot of heart. So mm-hmm. I'm still pretty proud of that performance, even if it was a loss. Mm-hmm. And, and then, look, we didn't kick you out of the gym. Yeah, that's you great. You lost. <laughs> I didn't divorce you like I said I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because I lost that match, and remember I said that this is an elimination tournament. Uh, so that put me, because it was a five-girl bracket. So the girl that I beat in the front, she just got eliminated right away. Sorry, Jessica. And then the second match was... Whoever won that was going to be advanced. In the finals. Yep, advanced to finals. Whoever lost it was going to be put into bronze. So I was automatically put into the bronze medal match. I had no chance of winning gold or silver at that point because I had lost that match, which is unfair because <laughs> I didn't have a bye. <laughs> but oh well. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so then I had my bronze match, and I had I was going against the other girl, in our bracket who had lost to the fifth girl in our bracket who was also advanced to the finals. So I was going against a girl who was from green Bay. Again, I had never met this girl. don't know who she was. So I felt okay. And again, I had like 45 minutes in between my matches to chill and catch my breath. So that was kind of nice, but yeah, it was really funny. Cause you were like, I can't go in one more match. Yeah. Make sure they give me more time. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. So the third match went a lot more according to my plan. Like, I pretty much had a good game plan in there, and I knew I was going to pull guard. If I I straight up said, I was like, if I'm on my feet for more than 20 seconds, I'm pulling guard. Like, screw that. I'm done. This is the last match I have for the day. I'm not going to exert all my energy standing. So we were on our feet for more than 20 seconds, and I just sat down. (laughs) Pulled her with me. Well, yeah, you had a grip. Yeah. You didn't just sit. There's a difference. You know, there's a major difference between a match starting and people sitting Mm -hmm. versus working for takedowns, working for takedowns, getting a grip, not not seeing success, pulling them into something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had a sleeve and collar grip, I think. And then I just pulled her into my guard. Mm -hmm. And from there, it was just... Which we can also work on guard pulls because you can do a lot with uh, rotational guard pulling to sweep or put them in the arm bars right away. Yeah. Kind of like a mini flying arm burn away. That's right. Yeah. So this match went pretty quickly after that. I was able to work, but I wasn't being like sloppy and I wasn't trying to go quick. I was just trying to set it up and make her think that she was safe when she wasn't. And I, I, I work on arm bars a lot, guys. So like I pretty much know when I haven't, when I don't. And I was making her think I was going after one of her arms when really I wasn't. And so that's where I say, like, I was making her feel like she was safe. Because then as soon as I had an opportunity, I shot for my triangle armbar, which is what I do most. 
And that's how, and then I went for a, she tried to flip out of it, so I went for a belly down and got the tap. Mm-hmm. It was very nice. Thanks. We got video of it, but the ref is standing directly in the way. Yep. Damn ref. <laughs> that always happens. Yeah. So that match was pretty successful, in my opinion. And that one I was happy with because that went almost exactly as I planned. Like I said, if I was on my feet for more than 20 seconds, I was going to pull guard. Did that. Got her on my guard. She never passed it. Check. And then I pulled off my best submission, my best performance submission that I could do. Your highest percentage submission. Thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. My highest percentage submission. Which is also part of the competition prep game plan. Yeah. You don't try fancy stuff in competition. Right. You do your fundamentals and do what you're good at because that's what's going to get you to win. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I did. And I ended up winning two out of three of my matches. And because I was put in a bronze match and I never got to fight for a true second, I took home third. Woo! Mm -hmm. And the girl who beat me took first. Yeah. My dad told me that, too. He told me on, like, Thursday night, so two days before the tournament, he's like, if you get beat, whoever beats you is going to win first. And I was like, we'll see. <laughs> so, that's what happened. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Nice. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that was my 30-minute recap on my tournament. Yeah. yeah, so... But people don't hear me compete, so I think yes. that was probably cool for... Hopefully, for some of you. <laughs> and you weren't just bored out of your mind. You know, competition stories, I think, are really valuable for everybody. Mm -hmm. People can pick things out of them. Mm -hmm. um, let's do some cons and pros to your competition. Well, the biggest con is that I tweaked my knee. Yeah. And I didn't know I tweaked my knee until about midnight. So it was eight hours later after the tournament that I started feeling my knee quite a bit. So I must have had a lot of adrenaline running through my body. I'm sure like you did. The entire day. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm feeling it today. I know how that feels. Yeah. <laughs> Another con is you scored zero points. Yeah. Yeah, I played a lot of guard and did not do any sweeps. I did work for some sweeps, but not well enough to successfully pull any off. So that's definitely going to be my next big thing. Yeah. Is working on sweeps from guard. Yeah, one thing that's just really important in training, especially if you have an itch to compete anytime, is training, but counting scores in your head while you're training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that way you can remember, I need to score. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if I'm working for a submission, but I need to get to top position. I need to make points happen somehow. Yep. And normally when I'm training, not that I'm like always training to win, but when I'm playing in guard, I'm typically working on setting up arm bars from guard because that's what I know I'm good at and it's how I know I want to get better. And especially for the last four weeks, that's all I've been really working on is because mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to at least get one count. So what you got to <laughs> start doing is go through that tree of how you set up arm bars, go through that system and look at the points where if people give you a certain reaction, that that's your opportunity to sweep them this way or mm -hmm. that way. So that way you, you branch off of a technique that you already have a lot of understanding on and you can add to that instead of learning brand new guards, brand new sweeps. Mm -hmm. That way it's going to flow into your game easier and you can develop it more uh, tailored to you and what you already know. Yeah, for sure. That's what I would suggest mm -hmm. as a humble purple belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you said you were in the same position as a blue belt. Is you realized in one of your tournaments that your sweeps are just not where you would. They were garbage. <laughs> I was on the bottom like the whole match. I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> I will never." And then I started in bottom for a year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something I noticed too. 
that I wasn't able to sweep when I wanted to, which made me have to start setting up submissions or get my guard passed. Right. And yeah, the, you got to put submissions and sweeps together. Mm-hmm. And don't forget the other two S's of guard. Do you remember? Stand. And? I don't remember the fourth one. Stall. Mm-hmm. The yep. one you hate. Yep. <laughs> but it has its place. But I wasn't in anyone's guard. When you use your guard. Well, I wasn't Brandy's guard a little bit. But yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So that was definitely like the one of the biggest takeaways, if not the biggest takeaway, is that I just got to work on my sweeps a little bit more. Um, I would say the second takeaway for competition, not for really just like training purposes, is to be more proactive on my feet. So I, mm-hmm. I feel like I did a good job at calming my opponent down because when you're on when you're in competition, they're coming at you. Like they're trying to destroy you. Yep. And I had last double all day or day. <laughs> and I had said multiple times throughout this podcast that that was my biggest goal is to not exert all my energy standing. So I feel like I had a really good judo posture throughout my standing. And just kind of kept them at bay with my grips. Like I would use a straight arm to hold them away. And if they tried to push me, I would use my hips to bring in so that they wouldn't, they weren't able to do what they wanted. And I felt like I was doing a really good job at stopping them from doing what they wanted to do. But I also was stalling myself from doing what I wanted to do because I wasn't proactive enough in my takedown. You were playing a defensive game and forgot the offensive part of it. Yeah. But I think my strategy in that just looking back on it, was that I was more so waiting for them to pull guard. Yep. And then you're like, oh, shit, they're not pulling guard. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But I should, I, I still should have shot more. That's right. But I still shot a nut. Like, I went for a double in the first match, and I went for mm-hmm. a single on the second. Mm-hmm. So, But the thing is, even if you expect someone to pull guard, shoot, because that will make them pull guard harder. And you'll get points. Even if your takedown is shitty and they pull guard, mm-hmm. you're going to get points. Yeah. So being more proactive on standing positions is something I need to work on. I think my defense is where I want it to be right now, and my offense needs to be a little bit more sharp. And um, another takeaway would, I guess we're doing pros and cons, right? Yeah. So that was a con, (laughs) is my stand-up. and. But cons are a lot of times the takeaways. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the cons are things that we learned lessons about mm-hmm. that we need to improve. Mm-hmm. But then then we'll, we'll add some pros that will also be good takeaways. Yeah, for sure. Um, another con is, like, I tried to prepare myself mentally for, you know, guard pulls and for aggression and things like that. But I didn't prepare myself for checking anything. Like, I didn't look at weight brackets. Yeah. I just assumed. And I didn't look at rules, like, at all. Like, yeah. I've been working on knee bars a lot, and I'm not allowed to do knee bars until brown belt. So I At should, this tournament, yeah. Yeah, so I was not allowed to do knee bars, which, I mean, it wasn't really in my game plan. But then also, like, preparing, I didn't have a game plan. Like, I, sh- I should have had a better... I gave you opportunities. <laughs> I had a rough game plan, and yes. none of it went to... The way that I wanted it to. Besides the third match. The third sure. match went exactly the way I wanted it to. But And the, the thing is, uh, the way I structure game plans is different one, than what you might think. It's not like, well, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. It's more so when I find myself in a position like this, where should I go next? Mm-hmm. So that is a lot more applicable to jujitsu 
because you can't control where a match goes. I mean, at a certain point, yes. But you can control your reactions to different positions and different submissions, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. So some pros is, um, I mean, I think the biggest pro is just getting out there. It's so hard to get out there. I mean, I didn't even sign up until Tuesday. <laughs> to compete on Saturday. Yeah. And that's because my deadline was Wednesday. <laughs> I think it was Tuesday. Maybe. I don't know. I was very close to the deadline. Yeah. So like I'd been saying for weeks I was going to sign up and then I just chose not to. <clears throat> even though I knew I was going to. And I don't know why I couldn't just do it. But just getting out there in itself. And I tell the kids that all the time. It's like you're out here and other kids are not. Like that's a win in itself. That's like, right. You got to show up. It's so hard to get out there. Especially if you're not used to it. So. Yeah, that fifth girl mm-hmm. is still fifth place out of all the women in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no one else came out to try to challenge her. That's right. So. Whoa. Oh, no. It's okay. <laughs> if you're watching, it just got dark. But, yeah, so I would say that's, like, the biggest pro was just uh, getting myself out of my comfort zone and getting out there and having the support that I did. So that was cool. But then, obviously, the next biggest pro for me was getting two subs out of three matches. And, Hell yeah. Because, like, winning a match is With cool. your favorite submission. Yeah. <laughs> it feels fucking good, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. I mean, <clears throat> it would have been cool to get a submission in something that I'm not very good at, because then I would have been like, oh, that's cool, that works. <laughs> that was a happy accident. Yeah. But, like, I mean, doing something that I know I've been working on and seeing it kind of pay off is just kind of cool. Yes. So... That's that how I fun. feel with uh, rear triangles and loop chokes <laughs> and the ankle locks I've been getting everybody in. Yeah. So that was another pro. And then, um, I don't know. What's another good good thing? You got that? a medal? You got a podium picture? Sure. <laughs> another pro is uh, feeling the love and support of the team and your family. Yes. And I really, really, really want to emphasize on that because I didn't tell people I was competing because I didn't want the gym to know. I didn't want everyone to show up and have that pressure on me and be like, oh, my God, Brittany's so good. Like, she's going to kick ass. And then I go out there and lose. Like, I just I didn't want that. So I kept it very quiet. And I only told some people that I was competing. And the only reason I told those some people was because I wanted them to roll hard with me. And I wanted, like, their physical body type to Pro, like push me and mm-hmm. get Prepare me ready yeah. yeah other than that i probably wouldn't have told you guys either <laughs> so to only have told a couple people and then to see who all showed up was really cool yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah i feel like that's uh, a part of competition is most times the competitors in the gym are the best in the gym in general uh in their rank like respectively and you want to have that confidence going into the matches, but you don't want to be cocky and overconfident. Mm-hmm. So people are always going to try to support you. And you got to remember that they're not just saying that you're going to win just because they think that you're the best. They're also trying to build your confidence. Motivate you. Yeah. And motivate you. But Especially when you're a nervous wreck and they're just like trying to hype you up. And they're just like, right. you got this. You can do it. It's going to be great. Right. And then 
I told everyone like Friday night, the people who knew, I was just like, you guys are all going to disown me. You're going to kick me out of the gym. Why would people even want to train here? A professor's daughter can't even like win a match and like stuff like yeah. that. Like I was being really hard on myself. Yeah. But like even me, like a lot of people um, praise my jujitsu or how good it is. So I can't just be like, no, I'm not good at jujitsu. But <laughs> it's not like I take that to heart and like think, oh, yeah, I am the best at jujitsu. Sure. Like, there's absolutely no way that's possible. Am I bad at jujitsu? Depends on who you compare me to. Am I good at jujitsu? Depends on who you compare me to. So, you just gotta, you know, accept it and, you know, thank people for giving you that support, that motivation, and not let it get to your head. Like, you're not gonna go into competition and be like, well, I already won this match because Justin told me I was gonna win. So, it's not gonna be that hard. Right. You know, you gotta get in there flip that competition switch, give it your all, win the match, and then be like, okay, I did the thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's a healthier, that's a health, the healthy way that you should look at competition and praise from your teammates leading up to it. Yep. Yeah. And I told myself too, that I was fully expecting to lose. Like I hadn't went out there. Don't do that either. You should not do that. Well, in my head, I was like, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If no. you if you expect yourself to lose, your chances of winning are much lower. But I expected to lose, and I won too. Yeah, but you could have mentally been at a better place if you just expected to do your best, rather than putting any winning or losing attached to any match. And I had that too. Like I said, that uh, I don't really care if I lose. I mean, you would a little bit, but I really, I was not sad when I lost. Like I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to quit. Like I didn't want to just stop training. I didn't want to not do another match. Like I just, I was like, I lost. All right, cool. Which is great. But also, like I said, you shouldn't expect to lose. You don't want that. You don't want to set those expectations. Mm -hmm. I thought that expecting myself to lose would humble me though. Because I wanted to tell myself that if I lost, then okay, this is where I'm at and this is what I need to work on. And if I won, it would have been like, cool, okay. So I thought that telling myself it's okay if you lose, just expect to lose, that it was going to like humble me down and not give me an ego. The first part of that is correct. The expecting part of it is not correct. (laughs) Don't expect to lose. (laughs) But don't expect to win either. What you should expect is to do your best in the moment. Yeah. Which I believe you did. I did. And you did have those expectations. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that was uh, a wrap on my blue belt competition. My first one. I still have another one to do, apparently. I already did my two purple belt ones. <laughs> yeah, you do like one a month. I try. I would like to. But, yeah, <laughs> so I'll have to do one more at blue belt. So we'll see when that arises we might do a sub only in iowa in april haven't decided if we're gonna go to that yet is that march i thought it was april i thought it was the same week as pants i don't know he might do pants we have to still discuss that yeah Uh, unless you guys all want to pay for me to go to pants i'm in (laughs) probably do vegas in september oh world he will i'm assuming it's september these are all really far out but just thinking about competition far out is kind of a good mental preparedness to have yeah um helps your training but i hope that hearing my perspective and my story of like someone who doesn't compete very often and someone someone who doesn't like to compete yeah 
and why it's still valuable. Yeah. And like as a female, especially it's different too. And like training against your friends versus competition versus prepping versus like everything that's kind of working against you. I hope that my perspective was able to like shed some light on anyone who's like thinking about competing or has competed. And I hope that it helps you get out of your comfort zone a little bit too. Cause I think it's really good for everyone. Agreed. So we have more coming up, but you probably won't hear from us for a couple weeks now because next week we have a camp gentle Jiu-Jitsu lifestyle camp, camp. yep and then the week after that we will actually be on a cruise that's right <laughs> so it might be difficult yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna lose my duolingo streak i hope not <laughs> so we will probably talk to you guys in march do you have anything else to add to this episode um jiu is fun i love it mm-hmm. Go test yourself, though. I think everybody should try competing. And the earlier you try competing, the better. You don't want to have your first competition as a brown belt. Right. That's uh, not a, not the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <clears throat> Give it a shot. For sure. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, everybody. See you in March.